my name is Lucy and I am one of the uh, ministry team members here at New Penn. And <clears throat> I wanted to share with you about when my little boy was, or when we were expecting my little boy back in 2014. Paul and I were super excited to tell everyone. And because I am 100% an extrovert, everyone is a lot of people. Um, before Weeks before Will was due, I started to draft a text message that I was planning to send out. Um, and I left room just for his name and date and weight. And just as well, I drafted it early because that boy came at 36 weeks. But that's a story for another day. Uh, anyway, William Tiberius came into the world at 11.30 p.m., so we had to prioritise who was going to receive this midnight text. Isn't he a cutie? Um, we had to receive who was, gonna, yeah, who was going to receive this midnight text. Now, naturally, we sent them to the people that we knew and loved the most. The people who were cut from our list, well, we no longer sent it to my dentist, didn't think he needed to get that midnight text. We didn't send it to the local checkout chick, she didn't need it either. We even cut the Melbourne Football Club uh, from our list, although my mother did ring him before the boy was 12 hours old to enrol him on the list of Melbourne football members. Um, that is a true story. In the end, the announcement went out to our closest friends and family. Now, Will was born in the Facebook era, so it wasn't long before the world and the everyone found out. Uh, but the initial telling was only to a select group of people, those we held closest to our hearts. And the message, the passage this morning uh, is from Luke, and it's God's version of a birth announcement. Let's pick up in Luke 2, verse 8 to 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to, peace to those on whom his favour rests. Then the when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had, what, oh, sorry, they, <laughs> when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, nowhere else in the birth narratives in any of the other Gospels does God directly proclaim to anyone 
that Jesus has been born. This is it. This is God's one and only birth announcement. This was not the Facebook era. He could not tell a million people in one hit. This was his one and only birth announcement. And it was pretty impressive. Paul and I sent a very cute picture of William with a little yellow hat. God sent the glory of the Lord and a choir of angels. What is your picture of the Christmas story? Imagine for a second you don't know this story and I told you that God went to one group of people to announce the birth of Jesus, his only son. Where do you think he would go? Who do you think would make that cut? You might first think of Caesar, the emperor of Rome. Now there's a natural thought. Or what about King Herod, who ruled over the region in which he was born? That too makes sense. Maybe God went to the high priests in Jerusalem, the religious elite. Or maybe God went to the mayor of Bethlehem. Quick, organise a parade, mayor. I've got good news. All of these people would be logical recipients of God's birth announcement, wouldn't they? Of course they would. They would be on the birth announcement list. But the palace didn't hear. The temple doesn't hear. Jerusalem doesn't hear. This birth announcement that God gives out goes to a group of anonymous sheep herders on the outskirts of Bethlehem. Shepherds. You see, these shepherds are forever immortalized in our Christmas hymns and nativity scenes. This week I saw two boys with tea towels on their heads and hessian sacks over their bodies dressed as they waddled with some little cloud-shaped sheep in my son's nativity play. Um, We picture them with their crooked canes and tea towel hats as if that's actually is if they actually belong at the birthplace of the king. But the reality is, is that the shepherds didn't belong there. In fact, they didn't belong anywhere. In the first century, shepherds were generally scorned as shiftless, dishonest people who grazed their flocks on other people's lands. They weren't the pleasant hallmark faces that we're used to seeing at this time of year. We have sentimentalized these shepherds so much on our Christmas cards and in our art that they look like gentle folk waiting for a celebration. No picture is further from reality. And so this morning we're going to have a fresh look at Christmas through the eyes of the shepherds. To see Christmas through their eyes, we need to understand who they were. There were few occupations more demanding or more degrading than a shepherd. They were the last people that anyone would expect God to take notice of. First of all, they were religious outcasts. According to Jewish law, these men were unclean. And because their work was a a seven-day-a-week job, 
It prevented them from practicing in, uh, sorry, from participating in the feast days and the holy days that made up the Jewish religious calendar. Why? Well, somebody had to always be watching the sheep. A modern day example of somebody who might struggle to fit into a, an organized religious place uh, is somebody who is, say, a truck driver or a shift worker whose job keeps them from regularly attending church. It wasn't really their fault, but they were excluded. They weren't regular attendees, and so they didn't belong. Not only were they religious outcasts, but shepherds were also social outcasts. Since they were constantly on the move to find new pastures for their flock, they were looked on as suspicious and untrustworthy nomads. The way people might look today on gypsies uh, or people who live a more nomadic lifestyle or homeless people. They were often accused of being thieves. If something came up missing, it must be those pesky shepherds. I know, right? Shepherds, annoying. Um, they were not permitted to give testimony in a legal proceeding. Their word was ut considered utterly untrustworthy. And on top of all that, they didn't really have much contact with other people. I could never have been a shepherd. I would not have coped. But, of, but most of the time, they were, as it says in verse 8, living out in the field. It doesn't say that they worked out in the field. It says they lived out in the field. They didn't come home every night for dinner. They were there with their sheep. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. During the day, they led the sheep to grass and water. They watched while their sheep grazed and they kept eyes out for predators. And at night, they usually slept in the sheep pen to guard against thief, theft and animal attacks. They didn't exactly smell like holly and Christmas cookies. So shepherds didn't get a lot of invites to Christmas parties. By profession and cultural status, they were loners. Do you see why the shepherds didn't belong at the crib side of a newborn king? Now step back a moment and imagine you're God. It's a fun one. You want to announce the most amazing, incredible, joyous news ever, an event that will literally change the course of history, the birth of your only son, Jesus Christ, the birth of the one who will be the saviour of the whole world, the one for whom the nations of Israel has been waiting and hoping and praying for for thousands of years. Finally, he has come. And who gets that announcement? Who makes the cut? Who do you invite? We heard before, not Caesar, not Herod, not the Pharisees, the shepherds the smelly, dirty, socially outcast, religiously excluded sheep herders. Can you imagine how the conductor of the angel choir must have felt when she realised that her audience was not the royal family? It's as if the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir had rehearsed all year to perform Handel's Messiah and ended up giving the concert to eight guys from the land crew. They were probably not all that impressed. So why go to them? Were they 
outstanding believers in God? Nothing shows us that. Had this visitation been a prophecy? Not that we have record of. The shepherds were probably convinced God had no idea who they were. They didn't go to temple. They rarely said prayers. They would not have been able to read Hebrew scriptures. Does God even know who they are? Everyone in the local synagogues had told them that they weren't welcome, that they didn't belong, that God didn't care about their smelly existence. Is it any wonder that when the angels of the Lord appeared to them, that they were absolutely terrified? How would they have heard the, the angel's announcement? The angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring good news of great joy. Not bad news? Not condemnation? Not any sarcastic remarks about only coming to synagogue for Hanukkah and Passover? You said, take, they said, and then the, the, the angel goes on, today in the town of David. Hold on, wait. David had been a shepherd, just like us. A saviour has been born to you, to us. God's given us something. And he is Christ the Lord. And the shepherds, who are normally obsessive about the protection of their flocks, who live to watch out for their animals, they leave their sheep behind and race off to see this baby that the choir of angels have told them about. And after they do, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. They became a living birth announcement. And I love how the people respond. The Bible says, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. I bet they were. This was not the kind of information which usually came from a shepherd's mouth. Shepherds were not usually privy to the birth announcement of a king. The going rate for wool, perhaps, but not the good news of the birth of the Messiah. You see, at first, the shepherds may seem like a strange choice. But, like is always the case, God knew what God was doing. If God had gone to Caesar or Herod or anyone in power, they would have tried to turn this miraculous event to their advantage. Or they at least could have. I shouldn't say they would have. They might have been humble. Doesn't really reflect that in the scripture that we know. Anyway, um, they could have used it to their advantage and said, how can we increase our prestige with this announcement? Can we make money off it? People in power are often looking for ways to increase that power. The shepherds, well, they had nothing to gain. And equally, they had nothing to lose. They were empty vessels waiting to be filled with the overflowing of God's joy. They were proof that God's message is for everyone, from the highest to the lowest, from the faithful churchgoer to the seeker to the skeptic. God's word is for all. With God, everyone 
makes the cut. I have another theory as to why the shepherds became the first responders to the Christmas miracle. Maybe, just maybe, they were the only ones listening. They were alone in the fields. They were not distracted. They weren't worrying about finishing their Christmas shopping or finalising travel plans. So when God called, they were attentive and responsive and available. They listened. Are we listening to this, this Christmas season to what God is calling us to do? At this moment, the year for most people is in wind-down mode. School is finishing. Work Christmas parties are aplenty. There is a manic... Uh, there, there is, there's, there's, things are manic with a pre-Christmas rush. But we are privy to the very reason for this season. Christ has come. God is with us. Therefore, let us go humbly as the shepherds, forever changed, transformed by the experience of Advent, praising and glorifying God and letting people know about the good news of Christ through the way we live our lives. Let us go back into our worlds as living birth announcements. We can return to business as usual at the same places, but we are not the same people. Just like the shepherds, when they saw this, they made known what they had been told about the child. And the shepherds returned, not as they were, but glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They were living birth announcements. May we go into our week and remind people that Christmas is not just a manic season of gifts and parties and travel, but it is a time to lift our eyes to the heavens and thank God and glorify him. Amen.